Welcome to the CCF Podcast. We're a campus ministry at Truman State University. This podcast features sermons from our weekly worship services. Thanks for listening. Hello, friends and listeners of the CCF Podcast. My name is Lydia Donaldson, and if this podcast had a visual component, I would show you pictures of my family while I tell you a little bit about myself and my childhood and all that good stuff. Since all we have is audio, you'll have to use your imagination. I'm the middle child of three sisters. Abby is the oldest, Sophia is the youngest. I take great pride in being the tallest. One of my biggest disappointments as a kid was not getting taller than my dad, who's like 5'11", but I'm only two shoe sizes behind him, so I firmly believe that I carry the tall genes. One day, if I ever have kids, I fully expect them to be tall. I'm a senior here at Truman, came here in 2017, and I'm a creative writing major. A question I often get is, what's the difference between an English major and a creative writing major? The difference is that English majors focus on analyzing other people's writing, while creative writing majors focus on producing our own writing. We don't write essays and research papers as much as we write short stories, poetry, novels, screenplays, and the like. Creative writing is a rare major, and it's the biggest reason I came to Truman, because not many universities even offer it. There's often an English major with creative writing emphasis, but it's not the same thing. Truman is one of like three universities in the state that actually have it. I think I'm one of the few people who came to Truman and didn't end up switching majors or adapting their majors because for a very long time, writing is the only thing I've wanted to do. I've always been a storyteller. When we were little, my sisters and I would make sprawling messes in the basement of Barbies, Lincoln Logs, model horses, and Polly Pockets, and we would tell epic stories with them. I was the head storyteller, and Abby was my assistant, while Sophia was the enthusiastic audience. When I was about 12, I started actually writing stories down. There's still a collection of composition notebooks in my bedroom at home, each one with a different story and a series of superhero adventures I wrote. I think 12 is a good place for me to start writing, because I didn't have enough self-consciousness to be embarrassed about my writing and be afraid it wasn't any good. I was sure it was good. I read it to my sisters, and they loved it. My parents encouraged it. I remember bringing one of those composition notebooks to a church luncheon, and my dad told me that if anyone asked what I was writing, just tell them I was working on my master's thesis. I was one of, if not the best writer in my classes in high school, and by graduation, I had written my first real book-length project. 200 plus pages, probably about 60,000 words, so like the size of a light young adult novel. I started looking at a publication. I was going to be a published author at 18, the start of an illustrious career. I imagined myself as a Stan Lee of novels, a fascinating guest on talk shows, and a valuable consultant behind the scenes of the movie adaptations of my work. I planned where I'd want to cameo in the movies. And I tell you all of this not because I'm here to talk about myself, but because I am a classic case of taking too much pride in my calling. We are all made in God's image, but we are all very different people. I will never understand my roommate, who loves working with chemicals and measuring equipment for hours in the lab. I would go absolutely nuts. Likewise, not a lot of people are going to be willing to sit and stare and type on a screen for hundreds of hours in order to make a story, but I absolutely love it. I think that if we're all made in God's image, but we're all so different... It stands to reason that we're all designed to reflect a slightly different aspect of God's character. I think for me, and for creative folks like me, part of what we reflect is God's creativity. I also like to think that it's significant that God chose to describe his creation of the world as speech. He said, let there be light, and there was light. He used words to bring things into being. Everyone knows there's power in words, yes, to change people's minds, yes, to hurt people's feelings, but there's incredible creative power in them too. When I sit down at the keyboard, if I choose the right words, I can do impossible things. I can make you see places you've never been, hear people you've never met, describe things that could never exist within the rules of our reality. Within the world of writing, I can make the rules. I can be the creator. 
As an author, I'm essentially the god of my own world. And unfortunately, I sometimes think of it that way. I'm not quite so arrogant to think that I am responsible for the amazing things that can happen when I write. Of course, that credit goes to God, both for making a world where writing is possible and for giving me a talent for writing. If God has a purpose for everyone and he gave me this talent, it stands to reason that he wants me to use this talent to do significant things. That writing is my purpose, the thing I am meant to do. I think this is a fallacy that a lot of people fall into, or at least I hope it is. I hope I'm not the only one. We find something that seems special to us, a gift. And we believe that gift is the key to fulfilling our purpose. That we have a mission to fulfill, and that mission revolves around our gift. In the case of artistic gifts like writing, there's a distinct danger of falling into a form of idolatry because creation is a godly act. Artists never actually create something out of nothing. That's a myth about art, that the ideas must come from your head and your head alone, or you're a derivative hack, or worse, a plagiarist. But if you've seen those Facebook posts about how human imagination is limitless, and then someone comments, haha, try to imagine a new color, to an extent that's true. If we relied on purely original ideas, we would run out of material real fast. And the reason for that is, however much creative power we've been given, it is never going to compare to God's. We are always going to have to draw inspiration from things we see, things we observe. We can never actually be the gods of our own creation. Still, that idea that you can be the god of your own creation is tantalizing. It feels nice. It feels powerful. And therein lies the danger of the creative calling, keeping humble about your talents. We all want to think that we're great and special, and I particularly have struggled with this a lot. However, the way the artistic community works, there are plenty of things that can slap you in the face and remind you to be humble. For those who aren't familiar with the book publication process, let me give you a brief overview. Once you have a manuscript that you think is ready to publish, you have to get a literary agent. Literary agents are the go-between for the publishing world and authors, and their major function is to cherry-pick the best books out there that might have a chance of being commercially successful. To get an agent, you have to send them a query letter, which is basically a cover letter for your book. Agents get hundreds of queries every month, and even if they do read your query, they often don't take the time to reply and confirm that you've been rejected, much less explain why. Once you finally do get an agent who loves your book enough to be willing to market it for months, the agent then starts submitting your manuscript to professional editors who work for publishing companies. That process can take months alone. If an editor picks up your manuscript, and it is an if, the editor then has to sell the manuscript to a final board of executives in the publishing company, where, again, they could turn the manuscript down and you're back to square one with an unwanted book in your hands. Very few books out of the millions out there make it through this process. So, 18-year-old me, fresh out of high school with a book-length manuscript who believed very, very strongly that being an author was my life's purpose, tried very hard to get published without knowing much of that. I sent out dozens of queries to dozens of agents, expecting to get an offer of publication any day, and most of them never got back with me. Naturally, I was disappointed and alarmed by this, not because my dreams of becoming the Stanley of novels weren't unfolding as soon as I hoped, but because I wasn't getting any interest at all. Why wasn't God letting me succeed in writing? Wouldn't it be better for me to get started in my writing career early so I would have more time to be doing what he made me to do? I was ready and willing. Why couldn't I start fulfilling my purpose yet? I was aware that God works in his own timing, so I figured maybe I just had more to learn here at college before I was actually ready to begin. And I did. There was a lot of practice, support, and mentoring in my future that would do so much more for me than I would have guessed. But I didn't just learn about writing. I had a couple of career crises here and there, walking around campus and praying angrily to God to just tell me if I'd misread the signs and there was actually a different purpose I should be working toward. I struggled to find a job or internship in my field, so I spent my summers working various entry-level jobs that anyone could do. 
ice cream shops, amusement parks, thrift stores. And in hindsight, that was good for me. Only time will tell, but I kind of think that God was taking me down a notch and teaching me that my life does not revolve around writing. My art, even though it is a gift, is not the entirety of what I have to contribute. And on the same token, my success as an artist is entirely out of my hands. I could keep writing for decades and still never be published. I'm not a god of creativity, and the Lord God may have other plans for me. But this is antithesis to the voice I still hear inside me. You're a writer. If you're not writing, you're wasting time. If you're not succeeding as a writer, you're wasting your potential. You could be so much more. You're disappointing yourself and everyone who expects to see you succeed if you aren't always working toward your goals. The creative writing community is sometimes bad about this. There is a lot of pressure to work, 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 because truly that is the only way you're going to succeed. Writing takes a lot of work, and novel writing in particular is a very long-term project that requires you to sit down and invest hours of writing regularly. It does take a lot of work, and it does take a lot of discipline, and you do have to believe very hard that what you're doing is worth it, or else you'll lose steam five chapters in and struggle to get going again. You have to take pride in your work to keep yourself doing it. The struggle is, at least for me, to take pride in my work, but not so much pride that I elevate the work to the level of an all-consuming purpose or elevate myself to the rank of God over my creation. Another problem with considering yourself the God over your creation is that it is blatantly untrue. You do not have that much control over your creation, even though you're the one who made it. Anyone who's tried to create anything knows this. You sit down and decide to write a story with a purpose, with a deep meaning in mind, with a conviction and intention to say one particularly deep and insightful thing, and the story goes its own way and says something completely different. Characters do things you didn't expect. The lines of the poem match up in different places than you planned, and suddenly there's whole stanzas and chapters appearing in your mind that you never planned and never wanted. This is your art, so why isn't it obeying your will and intentions? Why is it off gallivanting doing its own thing? Remember, remember, all our art is derivative. Everything we create is inspired by what we see in God's world. And we are not gods over this world, only caretakers and appreciators. When we set out to create something, especially something as abstract as a story or a song represented in words, it can take on a life of its own. A lot of artists have talked about the muse, a nebulous force of creativity that strikes and gives inspiration like a lightning bolt to the head, or a sudden defogging of your glasses that lets you see the path before you. I think that's one way of looking at the phenomenon of art doing things outside of your control, and I'm not entirely sure why it does that. Maybe that's just how art is, how writing is. Sometimes, though, I think it's because there's a particular creative force bigger than me that's nudging things in the right direction. I'm reading a book about the life and art of being a Christian creator. It's by Andrew Peterson, a Christian songwriter and fantasy author, and it's called Adorning the Dark. There's a section where he talks about the problems that emerge when an artist tries to, as he puts it, use your agenda to bully your art into being. He puts it better than I can, so here's what he says. When you realize it wants to go somewhere you didn't intend, let it. Be willing to trash the rest of the song, or the essay, or the painting, or the screenplay, or the sermon, if you have to, in order to find out what the thing wants to be. That's when agenda is bad. When you cast all mystery out the window because you want to make a point, you're in essence declaring yourself the master and not the servant. Be humble. The creative act is profoundly spiritual and therefore profoundly mysterious. Bow to the Lord of Music. Ask him to help you make the song what it's supposed to be, not what you want it to be. I don't have my degree in creative writing yet, and I don't have anything published. I don't know what I'm doing for a job after I graduate, but I think I'm probably going to work at whatever job like the last few summers to pay the bills while I write in my spare time. A couple of years ago, that would have sounded pretty much like a worst case scenario. But that's okay. I'm still learning that God is in control of my life, of my success, and of my writing. 
and I still have a lot of work to do. It's hard to let go of something you care so much about and entrust it to someone else. But being an artist, being a creative writer, often means leaving things up to powers greater than you. The calling is not just to create, but to trust that God's plan is greater than your own.